lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that has a brand new pair of roller skates. And you've got a brand new key. And my name is Larry Wu. And uh, I'm Curtis Withers. Uh, Larry, of course, right there is uh, is referencing a, a sketch from the new Kids in the Hall. The Kids in the Hall, I don't know if you want to call it season six or call it the reboot, but, um, you know, Kids in the Hall, Canadian sketch comedy legends are back uh, with a show on Amazon Prime. Um, so, Larry, uh, let's talk a little bit about that reference, because that, of course, was a big hit uh, for the artist Melanie in, I believe, 1971, but it plays a big part in one of the sketches. Yeah, I, I don't really know too much about I do, I do knew, I knew the song. I, she's like a Woodstocky or is it post Woodstocky artist, like singer songwriter, and it's just like this poppy, disgustingly upbeat <laughs> and really cheesy lyrics to it. Yeah, yeah, but in this case, it's a. Uh, so, so the premise of this of this episode of this uh, sketch, and it sort of is serves as the runner through one of the episodes. It shows up three different times. Is that Dave Foley plays a, a DJ uh, broadcasting from from a fallout bunker during the apocalypse, and uh, he's got one record, and that's Melanie's brand new key. And he plays it over and over and then stops it every now and then to do some of his DJ patter. Uh, but while he's playing the record, he's just got this haunting sort of look on his face. Um, <laughs> it's because he knows he knows that the end is is drawing near, but he still feels that he has to. Yeah, he has to do the DJ thing. <laughs> do the DJ thing. Like... I don't know what he was channeling when when he was doing the sketch other than, you know, acting. But yeah, you're right. Like he's on the verge of crying at certain yeah. points in time. And then the song would skip, forcing him to, you know, take the song off. And then he'd go back to his boss DJ, right? He's yeah. doing the morning drive show on K-Rock. And what was what was his his DJ name? Uh Motormouth. Mike Motormouth Malaki. <laughs> And he's like total up. He's total upbeat, but he's still broadcasting in this uh, apocalyptic world. So he's like saying, "Oh, the temperature out there is unbearable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stay inside, or you'll face certain death." Like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, like I love that sketch. I think it's one of the strongest things they've ever done. Uh, the production values are excellent, and just so weird. Like funny, it's funny, but it's more sort of like just weird and interesting than, than anything else. Yeah, so that, I, you almost have to watch it like uh, you watch all three parts. Like you said, it's the runner. So it's like what the first bit is kind of introduction to him, uh, which, by the way, that the sketch is called Doomsday DJ. And as he as the runner progresses, you learn more about his life or life on earth until the, the, the final curtain. And he talks about his, uh, his wife. Apparently he has a wife. You don't see her and they have twins. It's <laughs> quote unquote twins. The, the other twin is like 
a is the placenta with spider-like arms <laughs> and it bites off the other the twins the the baby's arm and it grows back and i guess like they're like yeah you know fallout babies mutant babies if you will yeah 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 it's just a weird sketch but like kids in the hall weird where you're like oh my god this is funny but this is really weird <laughs> yeah oh it was uh it was really something else but i got it got me to thinking larry because I, I always try to put myself in these sort of situations, um, you know, and uh, the backstory apparently for this character, the reason that he always plays brand new key is because it's the only um, single 45 RPM single that he has. And apparently, according to an interview with Dave Foley, the backstory is that scavengers stole all the rest of his <laughs> records and that was all he was left with. But uh, I wanted to, to put it to you. Okay. Um, if you were in Motormouth's position, but you, you had it a little bit better in that you could only play one record, but you got to choose. Oh, I got to choose. You got to choose which one given the situation, what single would you play in your doomsday bunker? Uh, Electric Light Orchestra's Mr. Blue. Oh, okay. Okay, that's an interesting choice. And, and, and please tell me why. I, I kind of figured I had to pick another upbeat song that, that, that's because if I'm going to be DJing, right, I have to have a song that's kind of upbeat. And maybe, maybe, maybe because also our apocalypse might be more climate related. So here I have a song about the sun coming out and chasing you know and, and mr blue sky that's the song sorry mr blue sky right that's that's the name of the song so i i just figured okay i i, I need to pick something also it's got it's got a good length maybe mm-hmm. an, a, a long enough song that i could actually go to the bathroom while it's playing or while i'm djing that, that's a very important song right yeah that's an interesting that's an interesting thing to take into account um <laughs> yeah because you don't want a short song mm-hmm. you don't you don't want something like sloan's um good in everyone that that was right. also a close second because I I knew you were going to ask me this, so I thought, okay, what is he going to ask me? Like a song, I didn't realize you were going to ask me a, a song that I could pick because I actually have a song that, if it was actually me, this is what's the song that the Scavengers left me with. If I was Motormouth, the Scavengers would have left me with Herman's Herbert's "I'm Into Something Good." <laughs> I, they wouldn't have stolen that that one. From I don't think, I don't think that, no. I'd be playing that, and I'd be having his look on his face. <laughs> you know, it kind of reminds me a bit of a of a real life story. Um, in that, uh, my brother, when he was at Brock University, I think his roommate left the door open or left the door unlocked, and somebody came in and stole his CD player, and and he had a, a pretty good collection of CDs and made off with a bunch of CDs. And I'll have to ask him. Um, if I'm remembering it right, <laughs> but from what I remember, they stole all the CDs, but left him with like three or four Kim Kim Mitchell albums, <laughs> just you, adding insult to injury. You can keep these, like, like yeah, they 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 had time not only to steal steal from you, but they had time to actually curate and yeah. say, oh, it's too heavy. We we got we got to jettison some uh, some 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 some, content. some, of, the, some of the ballast here. <laughs> So you would have been even better. You would have, you you, uh, you know what would would have been even better is if you know he had three three Kim Mitchell 
CDs and they actually left those and added like the fourth one he didn't have or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah. man, just a slap in the face. Here, you know, it would be like, here you go, loser. This is the best of the bunch. <laughs> or, 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 or if they, or if they took a Kimbo a logo, but then added Rockland or something like that. But um, yeah, uh, don't get me wrong. Kim Mitchell's a Canadian treasure, but yeah. that was pretty funny. Uh, but so, so, so yeah, just just getting back on track. Yeah, so if I was the Dave Foley character and I was left with one seat, one album that I had to play over and over again, that would be like ultra poppy, and I I, I would just be like going insane listening to it. Yeah, it would be uh, Herman's Herman's Hermits. I'm into something good. Right. Look, look right. Okay, Curtis, so uh, quid pro quo pro. So I, I kind of figured you, you must you must have a bombshell of a song. So this is a song that if you were given a choice. So basically the scenario would be you have the you have your bunker ready, mm-hmm. but you weren't completely packed and you had to grab the one CD because we're not using uh, a vinyl, but maybe it is vinyl. So yeah. you only have time to grab that one and it's mm-hmm. not Kim Mitchell, I don't think. <laughs> no, so this is this is me with my choice. I, yeah. I immediately, as soon as I thought of the scenario, I immediately picked Susudio by Phil Collins. <laughs> immediately. And here's the that's reason. Very American it, Psycho-esque almost. Yeah, yes, that's right. Because yes, he, he yeah, they do go on uh what's his name patrick bateman or yeah whatever yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he does go on about phil collins in the in the in the book i remember um yes yeah, so, so why is the studio <laughs> because like because a i don't i don't love it okay. but i can tolerate it right so it won't okay. be like ruining a really good song i can tolerate it b what I would do is I would turn up that really sort of obnoxious bass, you know, that boom, 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 you know, and just like yeah, turn, yeah. Turn, turn it up so that if there were survivors, they, it would be in their best interest to find me so they could turn that shit off. <laughs> so it's almost like a distress call. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would also <laughs> think, I also think if you're doing the, the, you know, the boss DJ, like the mm-hmm. lyrics and the and the song itself would give you enough content so you could talk around it, kind of like what Dave Foley does, right? Yeah, like yeah, he, he uses like, the song <laughs> and he talks around it. If you were asking me to say the word, I'd say that word is Susudio. <laughs> you know, yeah. So 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 Susudio would would be my would 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 and and I think like the the obnoxious bass also if there was like giant worms. You know, like like tremor style giant worms that 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 grew from the nuclear fallout or the environmental catastrophe, they would be turned off by Susudio by the by the vibrations caused by Susudio. So it's like self preservation. Okay, uh, a, a call to hell. Like I think it I think it ticks a lot of boxes. Okay, in this situation. So 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 are are you now kind of keeping it handy, Keep, like keeping it next to the fire extinguisher in your house? So it's in case you need to grab it. You can- yeah, absolutely, absolutely, on several formats because I don't know what I'm going to be left with. I've got it on DAT. I've got it on CD single. Uh, I haven't made a cassette yet, but that'll be my next uh, my next yeah. move. Now, if you were now, if if this no, was no, like no, a, yeah. a truly dystopian situation. 
and I was left with something and <laughs> I had to play it and it's all I could listen to for well, the entire in, time. In the, yeah, in, in the in the nature of the sketch, right? Yeah, like, in the nature he, of the he's, sketch. He's he's forced to play it and and yeah. you're just like Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know why this would even be in my house, but just say like if you want the worst case scenario, Butterfly by Crazy Town. Could you imagine? Could you imagine (laughs) having to listen to that, feeling compelled to play that over and over again in a morning radio show type format with nobody else around, like nobody to share the pain with you? It'd be excruciating for five years, right? Like that's that's you you get the the sense that uh, day full, like the doomsday DJ is down, has been down there for five years. Right. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. I think that's what he says. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So painful, buddy. Oh God. Just <laughs> objectively the worst song ever. Uh, but, but back quickly back to the sketch, it, it is probably one of the strong, like I haven't watched the whole, whole season, but it is a pretty strong sketch, right? Like out of, out of everything you've seen, like you, you kind of mentioned at the beginning that it, it was definitely, you know, yeah, a, a huge, yeah. a huge, big pop, a big, a big, a big rise in, in, in the series, right? It was my favorite one. It was, yeah, it was my favorite one of, uh, of, of, of their like six most recent episodes. I love that. Yeah. I love that sketch. I thought it was so, so well done, just very well produced. There's other good moments. I I recommend watching it, especially if you were a fan, you know, back in the day in the in the sort of like late '80s, early '90s. Um, you know, some this, some of the stuff that they do um, doesn't age amazingly well, and then some of it does. Like some of it still seems really, uh, really relevant. Um, but uh, that sketch in particular. It was reminiscent a little bit of like, you know, sort of like season four, season five, when they really kind of started to make expensive conceptual sketches. Mm. Uh, that Love and Sausages sketch is the one that often gets referenced to the Bruce McCullough, weird Bruce McCullough Sausage Factory sketch. Um, it was like that, except except it's, it's cut up into three parts, so it's not super long. And... Um, and yeah, it was just really, really well, really well done. Yeah. Um, I think I was asking you before, like, because Dave's in 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 this sketch. He, when the song hits and he his, his demeanor changes, he he in this interview he was asked, you know, um, because again, like you said, much of the appeal of the sketch itself is, you know, motor mouths. You know that that utter forlong expression that he has when he's listening to the song, and then he was he was asked what was going through your mind when you were shooting those moments, and he was just like trying to summon every thought and feeling of isolation that he had inside, but also to try to try at the same time trying to figure out well, all right, where do I change gears and the inflection to make it even funnier, right? Like where yeah, he's like twitching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, it's 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 very very surreal and uh, and 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 kind of disturbing in in a way. <laughs> but uh, well, also it's just... yeah, and then, and then but I think yeah, the last sketch he gets lighthearted because he tells the story about the twins. Yeah, like that that's when it kind of gets you know haha because it's like 
Oh yeah, yeah, I have twin. I have twin children. One is normal that can grow back limbs on command, and the other one is a carnivorous placenta locked in a closet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. and then the sketch, and then the sketch gets even sadder because uh, I think in the, during the first two parts, he's constantly stopping the album because it's skipping, mm-hmm. and then at the end, because it is running during the credits, the album suddenly. St- stop skipping and he can play through the entire song but his generators run out of power and he starts like it kind of does the fade to black uh with him it's like the most depressing ending yet yeah weird and funny yeah yeah it's the most depressing ending but it also is kind of generous in a way because you kind of wanted that to happen right oh yeah yeah (laughs) And, and 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 you and i you know, we're talking about the sketch. It's also a big fan favorite out there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it seems to be the one that they're getting asked about a lot. Oh, oh, definitely. Because in a way, you know, you and I have just spent the last almost twenty minutes talking about it. There, there's a there, there's a lot going on, and and it's such a well produced because that room that he's in, it's not like oh he's in an office. Like it actually looks like a bunker, and he's got jars of food and other liquids and he's got the dj set up and yeah he's got like the you know the the sort of light the lights are kind of uh you know they're sort of um fizzling out and there's like a leak and all that kind of stuff like the atmosphere is really well realized and and, and because they have the money and it's not well cbc filmed it's not like the old days where it's you know tv video camera like that that must have been shot on film right because it looked really really good Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I, I. So on the merit of that one sketch from you telling me we should talk about this on the show, I'm gonna actually make it a priority to watch the entire series. So if you haven't, it's on Amazon Prime. I don't think it's a reboot. I think calling it season is it six? Season, is it six, season six. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to call it season six. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and if you, if, if you don't know the kids in the hall and then you watch it and you like it, they've got the first five seasons also on Amazon. And I recommend going to season one and looking for the citizen Kane sketch, which I think is also like easily in my top five kids in the hall sketches. I don't know if you remember that one, Larry, but, uh, that's it. I, 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 I'm, I'm one of those very casual kids in the hall. Fan, so I don't know every single sketch. I can't do too many quotes, but I probably know it if I, if I saw it. Yeah. It's the one where like Kevin McDonald and David Foley are in a diner. Dave Foley has, is trying to describe the movie he watched last night. And it's very clearly Citizen Kane. Oh yeah. But he won't admit that it's Citizen Kane and it drives the other guy nuts. It's, <laughs> it's really, it's just really clever. So, uh, Speaking about movies, um, one movie that's been getting a lot of buzz, I didn't want to see it, maybe more for ironic reasons I might want to see it, because I was never even a fan of the first one, is the Top Gun sequel. How many years has it been between the two movies? I think it was 80, 85, I want to say. when. So, so yeah, yeah, in the 80s, right? Yeah. yeah. Kenny Loggins. Yeah. That's all I know about Top Gun is Danger Zone, buddy. I read but, recently that Corey Hart was given the option of doing that song. Oh, at one point passed in time. it up, passed it mm-hmm. up. So, but the big news story here, uh, not only is Top Gun Maverick doing well 
and people are actually giving it decent reviews like it's uh it's become the top grossing tom cruise movie ever when you told me that i was surprised because like you know tom cruise is you know massive massive star maybe maybe if you adjust for inflation some of his other movies are in the same ballpark but like to think that you know a guy who's done like the mission impossible movies jerry Maguire, you know uh just a, a, a ton of minority sci fi, right? Sci fi, sue of sue of action, you know, that he had that this is that that this is sort of and the original Top Gun. This is like the the pinnacle of his career financially right now is surprising to me. So, as of I believe these numbers were taken, um, right after this weekend, uh. Top Gun Maverick has brought in 291 million domestically, making it the biggest Tom Cruise movie of his career, only second to War of the Worlds, which sat at 234. So he crushed his record. Yeah, because <laughs> because like how many weeks in is it? Is uh I, I, is this the third week? No, yeah, I that no, he's this the week that we're on now is the third week. So yeah, the that, third week he hit he hit almost three hundred million in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right because we don't have the numbers for this week yet. That's right. So but, yeah, wow, it's 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 on track. Probably going to be the first one billion dollar move, uh, Tom Cruise movie. Now this movie's been sitting on ice for a while because Tom refused to release it until things eased up because it has to be seen in the theater. And I, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Right. It's Top Gun. Even, even when the original Top Gun came out, watching it, your own TV was one thing, but if someone had like one of those uh, projection screen TVs on laser disc, you would have to throw in Top Gun. Right. Yeah, definitely. It was like, it was definitely eye candy of that time. Oh, yeah, because I remember seeing trailers for Maverick like before the pandemic, right? I'm pretty sure that was the first time. And then, yeah, so it's been sitting on ice and he was waiting, you know, and the bet paid off, right? Yep, yep, definitely did. Um, like, I'm like you, I, I, I watched the first one, certainly, and I think it was all right. And I had the NES game uh and stuff like that but i don't remember remember like i don't remember having it as one of my top movies um and so yeah i'm, I'm a bit i'm a bit surprised that i think i thought it was gonna do well i'm a bit surprised that it's this popular you know like i didn't think i didn't think that like you know airline air, air, airline airline fight air, <laughs> airline air, fighter planes <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that fight that fighter jocks were going to be like a big a big thing in the year 2022. But there you go. Let's let's continue talking about movies in the past. So let's turn the clock back. So 40 years ago, Curtis. If that doesn't make you feel old, so the summer of 1982 had a pretty amazing year or summer of movies. And I, I'm going to go through a list because you're going to say, "Well, what do you mean, Larry?" In 1982, in that summer, we ha- we saw the release of Conan the Barbarian, right? That was Arnold's mm-hmm. big breakout movie. Yep. 
Annie. So the original, well, not the original, but I guess the original Annie um, that everyone kind of fell in love with. Uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, a Carl Reiner movie. Mm-hmm. This was Steve, Steve Martin. Martin. Yep. Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, arguably, you know, it's what spawned, uh, what, Fury Road, right? Isn't it? Uh... <laughs> There's a funny typo on this website, too, where it says Mad Max 2, The Warrior Road. Oh. Because <laughs> they were probably thinking of Fury Road. Always we have to do the wrestling tie-in. Rocky 3. Yeah. Thunderlip. Yeah. With uh, Hogan. Hogan's yep. in the movie. With yep. uh with Rocky at the beginning. Yep. Wasn't this shortly afterwards? Uh Mr. T does his appearance with Hogan in uh first WrestleMania, right? That's correct. Yeah. And uh and and uh, they go hosted Saturday Saturday Night Live together. <laughs> uh Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Going back, it, it still holds up, other than the fact that, you know, it's it's there's there's a portion of the movie that's 40 minutes of just name calling. Mommy, Carol Ann. Mommy, <laughs> Carol Ann, Carol Ann, mommy, mommy. Huge fan favorite by the Star Trek fans is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely a, uh, in the Star Trek film universe, definitely yep. a, a favorite. Khan! That's right. <laughs> A very small movie called E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Yeah, I've heard of it. Oh, I, I don't even know why I'm going to bring this movie up in in the list, but sure. Grease 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, another, another very small movie, Blade Runner. Yeah. Classic. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. You know, I never I didn't see it until maybe two years ago. It's great. And this is a movie that I uh, forgot, and I realized, oh, I remember. This was quite a good movie. It was The Secret of Nim. Yeah, I remember seeing it in the theater. Um, yeah, it was It was like, you know, it was a cartoon, but it was pretty edgy, you know, for, mm-hmm. you know, like like kids could watch it. But it was, there was like, uh, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, wasn't a Disney, wasn't a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. More, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, you, you nailed it on the head. It's first, I mean, not the first run, but it was definitely aimed towards kind of. I don't even see older kids. It was, it was. I would probably say it was just aimed at adults in a way, right? Yeah, I, th- I think like as an adult, you would you you know you would definitely appreciate the story and, and stuff. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was. It was. Uh, I remember it. It stuck with me a little bit when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was scary in parts, but uh, yeah, I thought it was. Uh, didn't it? Didn't um, didn't talk down to kids? I guess. Yeah, yeah, game. yeah. Uh, another popular one. This one definitely. This one Disney is Tron. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you saw Tron? Uh, the original Tron. The original Tron. Uh, maybe not this some this past summer, but the summer before. About the same time. About the same time as me then. Yeah, I've so maybe seen it relatively recently. Yeah, yeah. I, I, does it hold up? I don't know. I, I I still enjoy the story. You know, elements of it hold up. Yeah, it's 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 a fun it's a fun adventure movie. Yeah, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Halloween yeah. three, only to realize, um, I don't know what they were doing with Halloween is that that movie, but that's a pretty action-packed summer yeah from the summer from one season yeah yeah 
Like that that's that's a pretty good year for uh, popular movies that have stood the test of time, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think I've seen I think I've seen all of these movies except for Greece 2 at some point in time. And, and you should keep it that them, way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and several of them I saw in the theater as a kid. Tron, uh, Secret of Nim, uh, E.T., Wrath of Khan, mm-hmm. Rocky Three, Annie. I saw all those in the theater. And then uh, Conan the Barbarian, um, I wouldn't have I would have seen later on. Uh, probably on VHS when we finally got our first VCR, but yeah, I loved that. Loved loved uh, Road Warrior. Um, the Road Warrior is kind of funny um, because, like, when you look at, a, at a at the Road Warrior and you know all the Mad Max movies that came out in the uh, in the eighties. I remember I was talking to uh, my friend uh, Steve about this one time mm-hmm. um, because, like, I was saying. You know, I can't believe that Fury Road is nominated for an Oscar. Like that just seems so bizarre to me, having watched all the Mad Max films, you know, when I was younger and been a fan. And uh, he's, he says it's, it's not that weird. I'm like, I'm like, all right. <laughs> to, okay, so say we're back in like the 80s and we've just come out of Beyond Thunderdome. Are you trying to tell me that you would turn to me and say like, you know what? One day, one of these movies is going to be nominated <laughs> for an Oscar. It, no way. It's this franchise. Yeah. 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 It's, it's uh, so strange. That, it, that, that movie is actually on my list. I have yet to see the Mad Max reboot, only because I was such a big fan of the originals. I just, I have no, to, for me, it's one of those things where I have no um, interest in seeing a reboot. It's not really a reboot. It's definitely like it's it's its own sort of story in the Mad Max universe. Like it doesn't it doesn't tell the first story over again or anything like that. Hmm. Um, and it's pretty weird. I liked it. It was definitely very strange. Okay. Um, and what did, was it worthy of an of a Best Picture nomination? I don't think it was, but, but, but was it a was it a good time with like some pretty good visual visuals and some weird weird stuff going on? Also, uh, uh, Charlize uh, Theron as uh, Furiosa, um, who's like the other main character, along mm-hmm. with Mad Max, is 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 a great character. I think they're try there. There's been a lot of talk since that movie's come out about her getting her like her own sort of. Uh, solo movie but it hasn't happened yet but uh oh she she's got that marvel money right now she's got marvel money yeah who who's left now to to get into the marvel universe like steve gutenberg like (laughs) (laughs) maybe he can be like dr druid or something like that like maybe uh who did we see uh tom hanks Oh yeah, that's right, Tom Hanks. Yeah, we have we've talked about this already. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he said Tom Hanks would probably be he should be up for uh, some some Oscar uh sorry, some uh Disney Marvel movie money. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh on to the headline. A new epidemic is raging through Springfield, and this one didn't start with Krusty Burger's Whatchamacarcus sandwich. So Curtis, the first one's not really a headline, but it's the annual 
uh, CAA list of the worst roads in Ontario. And uh, you'll never guess which city, Larry, has the worst Please road tell in me. Ontario. Or, sh- or, should we count, or should we count backwards? Should, should, we, should we do the top five, maybe? Yeah, let's do the top. Yeah, let's count backwards and do the top five. Okay, so we got uh, Carling Avenue in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. It's been, well, it's been decades since I've lived in Ottawa, so I have no idea. I, I do remember Carling in a way, but I, don't, I guess the roads are bad. But they, they also have brutal winters in Ottawa, and they probably use the same crappy asphalt that we use. So I, I guess it's not a surprise that Ottawa would be on this list. Is Carling Avenue also, and again, I'm I'm going to show my Ottawa ignorance here too, because it's been a while, but is that one of the ones to, you know how Wellington, remember Wellington like breaks up a whole bunch of times and it's hard to follow because like, you know, it goes along for a while and then all of a sudden like it turns into something else and then Wellington is like two roads south and then it's like three roads north. Like is Carling one of those ones as well? Or does it? Uh, yeah, it's, Carling is like, the road that kind of parallels the Ottawa River. So it's like, it goes along the river uh, towards Hull. Um, but I don't know what makes, what would make it bad there. I, I remember someone living on Carling back in the day, but, but mm. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's, uh, this one's a weird one. And, and there's we'll do three and four together, both in Prince Edward County. I don't know if that's fair. <laughs> like these are probably country roads and maybe possibly concession roads, right? Well, Prince, and I think it's it's hilarious because Prince Edward County is so beloved by uh, <laughs> people wanting to go on little wine sojourns and yeah, you know, little brunches and stuff. But, but apparently, their roads are are their roads suck. So. Uh, number two, finally, out of the top five, we see a Toronto street. This is Eglinton Avenue West. Now, that's a bit unfair because it's only bad because of the construction for the crosstown, right? I think so, because number six is Eglinton <laughs> Avenue East. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I, I, love, I, love, I love how it's almost like profiling. You know, yeah. the West is worse than the East. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, really? I, yeah, yeah. So Eglinton Avenue, yeah. I guess the whole thing is kind of a. It's it's kind of rough at the moment, but I don't know why the why the West would be, so would be several places higher than the than the East. That's interesting. And, uh, yep, and uh, taking top spots this year. Let's get a little drum here, is Barton Street East in Hamilton, Ontario. That's right. Surprising nobody. Hamilton has the worst street. And, and when you look at the photos, it looks really bad. It looks hard scrabble. It, it it looks like you would you would be DJing just outside that photo, Chris, in your post apocalyptic world. That is yes, yes. That's where like, I would be playing like, Susudio in that little bunker that they're showing there. Yeah, you, yeah. Again, you, you're you're hoping that's that that's the best case scenario that you have Susudio with you. So apparently, uh, Barton Road uh, East made its debut on the 2019 list, 
and has climbed the ranks ever since. It debuted in fifth, and then the next year it was third. Now, finally, it's achieved achieved top spot. It has also taken top spot as Hamilton's worst road for the third year in a row. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, even people in the the Hammer have no love for uh, Barton Street. Now, I know that some people from Hamilton sometimes listen to this podcast because I've got got some notes. Um, So... (laughs) If you want to tell more us, hate mail, <laughs> no, I don't know if it's hate mail. Some of it, <laughs> some of it is actually kind of fair. <laughs> like I think when I made that mullet crack, yeah, somebody actually did. It. Now I will say that if you go and and type into Google, you know Hamilton eighties or like stuff like that, not a lot of stuff comes up. So there's not a lot of of um, of of pictorial evidence. Um, but somebody did point out that like they took a, uh, a picture of a, uh, of the steel, of the steel Hawks, the OHL team from the eighties, uh, and not a mullet to be found. So I think like, you know, I have to walk back a little bit. My assertion that, um, Hamilton was rife with mullets. Uh, I have since found some <laughs> pictures of the Hamilton Fidden cups where there were a few, <laughs> There were, were a few mullets. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I would like some of our Hamilton listeners to maybe give us give us the lowdown on Barton Street East. What makes it so bad? Other than like the obvious. Yeah, the, the, the photos obvious, that we're seeing. Which, which, pavement, yeah. yeah. The photos we could be seeing are completely doctored, perhaps. I don't know. but uh, Yeah, I'm interested in like what kind of, is it residential ever? What kind of businesses are on there? Like what's the deal with this place? Is it close to downtown? Is it kind of a far-flung place? Are, are people driving with chains on their tires all year round? Yeah, I mean, and, and pianos, like pianos <laughs> tied to the roof of their cars. Like that's what it looks like. <laughs> Oh, right. You, you actually, it's a good segue. You mentioned about the NHL team. So uh, we have a, a hockey story, sort of hockey related story. This is Ryan Whitney. He's been in the news lately with this yeah, he's headline. A, yeah, he's an ex NHL player and he's more known now. He's got a really uh, popular podcast on Barstool Sports called Spitting Chicklets or Spitting Spittin Chicklets, Spittin I guess. Spitting Chicklets. Spitting Chicklets. Okay. Quote. Worst airport on earth, former NHLer pissed off with wait times at Pearson video. Now, this video has gone completely viral. But before we continue, worst airport on earth, dude, we, we, we still have conflict in Ukraine. Like, I'm sure the airport in Mariupol or, or wherever is in way worse condition. But first world problems, of course. Hopefully that won't trigger someone. First world problem. Remember how we were reading that uh, thing from a few episodes back about uh words we can't say anymore and apparently first world problem is not what is the, the oh. world community won't let us uh, say first world problems it's, oh it's yeah. yeah so this video has gone viral so it, it it obviously like you had issues with pearson i've had other people co-workers with P- issues with pearson uh my sister who came to visit not too long ago had issues with pearson it takes i guess a celebrity to complain and it becomes like top of mind, right? So, yeah, what, since this guy's um, since this guy's 
sort of video because he's taken some video posts. They're pretty. He's a he's a funny dude, right? So they're they're pretty funny. But um, yeah, since they've gone viral, like you know, John Tory, uh, who has no real power over the Pearson Airport because it's not actually in Toronto and it's not overseen by by the uh, city of Toronto. Um, but he's come out to say that this is unacceptable and, uh, yeah, like, like months of people, <laughs> months of people complaining and saying like, you know, this is really, really bad. And then this guy comes in and all of a sudden now it's getting a, a whole bunch of attention. But I will also say that this guy's experience was much, much worse. Oh, than than my most recent experience. Oh my God. It, it his, his experience was horrible. It starts off with a tweet on the 5th of June at 7.57 p.m. Is anyone working at Pearson Airport a Chicklets fan and looking to help me in the biggest gong show in an airport history? Yeah, so apparently what happened What happened was... Uh, so he was flying... He was flying to Boston from Edmonton where he was attending the Stanley Cup... Fi- um, the the uh, conference final via Toronto and he said when he got to Pearson he said not exaggerating I've never seen a crazier scenario at an airport Pearson has about a hundred cancelled flights and hundreds of people in lines with one Air Canada worker at the end there can't Mm -hmm. be more than five people working here I'm gonna have a viral meltdown this is not good and the funny thing is that's only an hour after he tweeted no not even an hour like half an hour he tweeted the first one that I mentioned yeah and then Let's see. Let's look at the timeline. So a few hours later at 11 p.m., apparently Pearson Airport is hell on earth. (laughs) The worst of the worst. Customs line to reenter Canada after I went through U.S. Customs seven hours ago. Yeah. So he so yeah. So you can clear U.S. Customs in Pearson, which is supposed to be a benefit like when you're traveling to the States. But I think what ended up happening here was he was waiting so long. Um, that uh, he did, he got a ride. He he organized a ride to Buffalo, so that he could fly from Buffalo to Boston. But the problem was he couldn't do that because his bags were in uh, quote unquote no man's land. So then he had to go back through Canadian customs to get back into the airport and back into a situation where. <laughs> He get, and then apparently, like like you know, the next morning he got there. He he. They said we'll have we'll have a flight for you at like six in the morning. Uh, so he got there, you know, at six in the morning or a little bit before. And they said, yeah, they, we have the flight, but it was actually going from Toronto to Montreal and then to Boston. But but like that flight is you know started boarding like you know half an hour ago and you won't make it. So then he had to wait again for, um, for, for, for another flight. And eventually he got home, but like it was a, a, an hours long ordeal. It sounded brutal, but we should also, uh, point out that him landing in Pearson was only for small layover, right? Like he, he didn't start his destiny, his, his voyage from Toronto to boston right no he started in edmonton pierce yeah he was only <laughs> supposed to change planes like 
oh like like that that's the word like, that's why i always i'll pay the extra for for direct i don't care i, I don't like getting off and trying to get back onto another plane um i did i i did it for work and we missed the flight because of i don't know whatever delay and we were in we we were flying to salt lake city went from toronto to denver and had to do a um a switch there and I was running to the plane and I forgot that Denver's at altitude. So I'm running, I get to the gate and I'm like, just like exhausted <laughs> and sweating and like yeah. felt like I was like running, I don't know, a small marathon at the worst pace possible. But yeah. Yeah. Like it's, I, it's, it's horrible for many reasons. I, I think there was, um, when people were laid off in the airline industry, I think they probably went and found other jobs. And I think there's a huge cohort that refused to come back. Like they're saying, Hey, we'll hire you back. And they're like, no, you're going to lock us down. I'm going to lose my job again. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of that going on. I think it's the same thing with the um, restaurant industry, especially in Toronto. Like people are having problems hiring uh, wait staff and kitchen staff because they're like, well, I've already moved on with my life because yeah, you know how many lockdowns have the restaurant industry gone after? Where it's like these false starts, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And uh, yeah, you'll notice when you go to, uh, you, you notice when you go to 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 like restaurants, like you know your wait times are going to be a lot higher simply because you know they're understaffed for that very reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a really weird mess because like, uh, you know, people, the, the appetite to travel and to fly is, is, is back. And it's, you know, that, that, you know, Pearson normally processes like, you know, how many planes a day? Like, like a couple of, hundred, <laughs> like, hundred, you know, but you're, you're totally right. It's, and, this is the industry that got hit maybe not the worst, but definitely got hit hard as a result of all the restrictions. Mm-hmm. Here's your chance to reopen. You would think it would be very efficient. In fact, more inviting for people, like you said, to have a great experience to say, yes, please travel. Mm-hmm. Hearing this story, man, I don't want to go anywhere near Pearson. As much as I want to travel, I don't want to even go near, even the experience that you guys had. I'd be like, oh man, forget it. I'll wait it out. You know, yeah. let them... Let them work out the kinks because they were also talking about the canceled flights. I had heard also they're being canceled because those lineups and you come, sometimes you see them, right? The flight crew and cabin crew are also in those lineups with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so they're, they're not, they're not making their flights. Like it's so weird. Yeah. And, and, and I guess, they also have very just like uh, the trucking industry they have very strict rules about how long you can work or stay at the airport so if a plane is stuck on the tarmac how long were you guys stuck on the tarmac actually no we 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 weren't oh okay yeah yeah we we got really lucky but they warned us that we were going to be okay so you got to add that additional time to their working time mhm so which means oh they're they either can't work anymore or they miss their flight or whatever the case is but 
Uh, yeah, go check out this video. It's gone viral. It's got huge hits and everyone's talking about it. Um, I, I don't know what kind of change they could do. Like I said, people can bang their fists, but it is kind of embarrassing because you want to ramp up to summer tourist uh, season in Toronto, right? I mean, I, I did hear that they were going on a bit of a hiring blitz and they're trying to train you know, train people to work the customs and stuff like that. But uh, like, like when we got through, you know, we had our, you know, wasn't, it wasn't the smoothest uh, process when we got back from Switzerland, but when we got through and didn't have to wait on the tarmac and got through customs relatively quickly, um, you know, we had to wait a long time for our bags and Heather had to get a a, a random test, which ate, ate into the time. But all in all, it wasn't the worst. I thought, maybe they've got their act together and you know they've they've kind of figured they've kind of identified where the bottlenecks were but but like this this happened like this story happened like a week after our airport experience so obviously that's not the case and that's like that and that's a you know that was a flight that that started from within canada and then yeah the whole thing is just so, so just whether or not this will add to the woes, this was just an add-on to that story. Uh, something I found on Reddit, the GTAA, so that's the Greater Toronto Airport Authority, has taken the opportunity to close Pearson's runway 24R to repave it. Rehabilitation will take eight months. Oh, yes. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> just great. To add. Just to add. So, so uh, <laughs> the the uh, the ultimate outcome of this story, though, was that you know because these guys have a you know he's part uh, Ryan Whitney's part of a very popular um, podcast. They've they've already got they've 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 already got merch to commemorate <laughs> to commemorate his horrendous stay at uh, at Pearson. So they've got the a shirt that you can buy for about forty bucks on there. It's probably forty bucks American, so it's not yeah. cheap. But it's uh, it's it just says it's a shirt that says Pearson Airport sucks, and it's in the Toronto Maple Leafs colors. So it's a blue shirt with white print. And Pearson Airport sucks, and I I contend uh, there are people who hate Pearson Airport enough that they would spend forty dollars US <laughs> to get that shirt. Maybe, maybe maybe a mug. If it was a mug, I don't know if I'd wear the t shirt. I would like to wear I would like to wear the t shirt to Pearson Airport and just see. Just to, to see. see how quickly, see what kind of service you get. Yeah, just to see, just just to see if I could break Ryan Whitney's record and be in the airport for forty eight <laughs> hours before I can. Oh, dude, you wear that t shirt, you're yeah. gonna be you're 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 gonna get like the the uh, maybe fuchsia or maybe plaid sticker put onto your uh, passport, and you're oh. being taken into that 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 room that uh, no one wants to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the headlines. Uh, some quick TV movie announcements. Uh, Ms. Marvel first episode came out tonight. Uh, haven't seen it yet, but it looks kind of fun. As opposed to the trailer that DC dropped for Black Adam, which looks horribly miserable. <laughs> Maybe not Batman miserable, but I saw that trailer, Curtis. I am more interested in seeing Ms. Marvel than Black Adam. Yeah, but well, Ms. Marvel, yeah, it looks like it kind of looks like it has like a little bit of a uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse uh, vibe with some of this, some of the sort of like because uh, it has like a comic book treatment to it. Looks looks like it could be 
could be fun. And given, you know, the uh, the darkness of recent Marvel entries, Moon Knight, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, you know, both both of which I really liked. This might be a good palate cleanser, though, to have something a little bit more optimistic or whatever. Uh, yeah, the Black Adam. I don't know. Um, you know, I still haven't seen <laughs> Morbius. It kind of like looks like it's on a bit of a Morbius. Have you heard? Did you hear about the Morbius? Um, that 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 Twitter memed Morbius so hard um, that Sony put it back in the theaters for a weekend. What? Because because that I guess there's like a a, a big uh morbi more morbius sort of meme culture mm-hmm. uh that's going around like 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 the like it's morbid time is apparently like the hashtag or whatever i didn't know about this because i never comes up on my more morbius related stuff does not come up on my twitter feed but uh, <laughs> but apparently like i guess like in at sony they saw all these engagements all these like morbius engagements and so they, they were like, "Hey, people are people. People are fairly catching wind of our film, and they put it back in the theaters for uh, for a weekend. So, so that's a cautionary tale. If you're going to be like, you know, if you if you if if you're going to be be a, uh, a a you know meme hard on something like that, like that and think you're hilarious, you may you may end up getting the uh, totally undeserving movie back on on screen." Um, uh, one thing about the, I'll, 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 I won't completely dump on the Black Adam trailer. One thing I am interested in is, uh, uh, is Pearson playing Dr. Fate? I'll watch a Dr. Fate movie. Who's playing Dr. Fate in it? I saw Dr. Fate uh, in the trailer, but. It's, a uh, Bronze Pearson? Pierce Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan. Oh, <laughs> Brosnan. <laughs> yes, him. That guy. James oh. Bond. I didn't make the connection. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd watch a Doctor Fate movie. I, I might even watch a Hawkman movie. I don't know. They, they, <laughs> the Adam was in it as well, wasn't? Didn't I see the Adam in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He's you know he's 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 running and growing and uh, yeah. Yeah. so is is this DC's attempt to try to re- salvage something as a kind of an ensemble? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. That's a good question because yeah, I didn't think like. That wouldn't have been my predicted vehicle to try that, a Black Adam movie. Um, or, or, or if they had anybody in it, I thought they might have like the, the Marvel family, like, you know, like Shazam and, and his like foster brothers and sisters or something like that, you know. Um, but yeah, it was like Hawkman and Dr. Fate and the Adam and stuff. I guess maybe it is. Like, like, well, because I don't think there's an appetite to go back to Justice League, right? Well, I'm sure there's an appetite for fans, but yeah, they had the Suicide Squad though, and that was pretty good. That was a good ensemble. (laughs) Okay, so we'll uh, we'll 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 talk about Ms. Marvel again at the end. We'll look at it in totality, but yeah, there's just a lot on right now. I I I would think. Uh, So as we close off the show, Curtis, you took. Well, maybe not my advice, but do you kind of followed my lead by picking up uh, uh, Star Wars Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen yeah. Order? Jedi Fallen Order. So, like, yeah, a couple of reasons, because uh, 
Um, you know, the Inquisitors are a big part of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show and are a big part of this game. And also there's a sequel coming out to the game. Um, so I want to make sure that I've, uh, I'm up on my, my lore. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, and I've, uh, I've been enjoy- enjoying it. Um, I expected to enjoy it. Um, you know, I like, you know, I like, uh, games where you, you know, fly around with a lightsaber and, you know, deflect stormtroopers laser bolts back at them. And, you know, I kind of like to some of the uh, some of the some of the sort of like little touches that they did. Mm -hmm. So so in this game, essentially, like you're a, uh, um, you know, you're I guess like it's after Order 66 and you're Mm -hmm. a force sensitive. You're not really a Jedi, I wouldn't say. Yeah, you're you're well, you'll you'll learn more, but he's a Padawan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, so so you're going through the process throughout the game of learning, uh, you know, of mastering the force and mastering your skills uh, without the without the guidance of a master. So it's kind of interesting. Um, but uh, some of the touches I like, though, is like when you get, you know, when you you get to a point where you're pretty good at taking out the rank and file, like you get powerful enough that that, you know, you can take out the rank and file baddies pretty easy. And I love how scared they are of you when you start like <laughs> cutting through them. <laughs> They're like, he's killing everybody. <laughs> oh no, we angered him. <laughs> yeah. I can't hit him. He's moving around too quick. And I, and it just kind of makes you feel like more badass. Yeah. Uh, you'll you'll enjoy it further you get along. Uh, he starts learning more skills, and it, and I'll I'll like to hear what you say when you when you finish the game. I I'll go down and say that it is probably the best game while wielding a lightsaber. Like the lightsaber mechanics are probably the best game best that you've ever done. Hmm. I did play those. Uh, I did play that one. Uh, what was the one? Force Unleashed. Yep. Um, which uh, had kind of bad lightsaber mechanics. <laughs> so this is, it's nice that there's good ones in this game. So I have started something on the phone. I figured, okay, I'm a huge fan of the franchise. I got to try it and it's free. And that is Blizzard's Diablo Immortal. So if you're a big fan of the Diablo series, this game takes place sometime between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3, mostly because I think they still wanted Kane to be in the game, so the only way to do that is to put it in that time frame. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's it's free to play. There's micro-purchases, so it's play to win. You can only imagine what kind of gear you can buy if you just throw down your credit card, Curtis. Mm-hmm. Not so me, man. I will, I'll, play, I'll, pay, I'll play for free and wear cracked boots. Yeah. I don't care. As I, I'm not. I, I don't really care right now either. I, I probably have some decent gear, uh, but uh, not um, not getting overpowered by the enemies so far. Um, it's, but it's it's fun enough. The yeah. problem is they want to make the graphics look just as good as like I guess three, or maybe leaning towards the new game, mm-hmm. and the resolution is so tight. I'm like, oh, I got to wear my reading glasses to play this game or I need to get a big tablet <laughs> to really enjoy it. 
Yeah, yeah, I know that. That's uh, you know my my big thing about mo- mobile gaming is like you know I, I have to wear bifocals, so you know like <laughs> I could just picture like the day I decide to wear my contacts and like I'm on a long train ride, and I'm trying to look at the phone and yeah, I'm having to hold it at arm's length and try to play. Listen to us, old guys gaming. <laughs> Oh, I got to break out my glasses. You got to break out your bifocals. That should be. Can we do a spinoff podcast where we just talk about gaming, but from a purely uh, elderly perspective? <laughs> I, I, someone's already beat us to it. There's a there's a pretty famous uh, lady and she does a um, uh, not not she doesn't do like live streams. She kind of like a play with me or watch me play and she's like a big skyrim content creator on youtube and oh, she's like okay. she looks like she's in her late 70s oh wow yeah i, I think she's quite good at it but you know oh, she's we would a, just we would just be i can't see what's going on in the yeah, game. she's got a beat she's got a speed well that could be part of the that could be part of the the charm oh, is that is that she, like we're, we're not we're not we're not even really old enough to use age as a legit <laughs> exactly oh well time time is going to keep aging us here anyways curtis but uh that's it for the show thank you for listening you can catch curtis and i weekly on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and amazon music on the platforms that you can subscribe, please hit that subscribe button and leave a comment where possible. Add a rating where possible because it will help people find our little podcast. Curtis, any last thoughts? CFL season kicks off tomorrow night. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the, silence, the silence I got from you is a silence I expect I would get from many. <laughs> Are tickets are tickets cheaper? I'll go see a game. I enjoy watching CFL, but you could get Argos tickets cheap. I imagine. I yeah. did hear. I did hear. To be fair to the CFL, uh, which I do personally enjoy, I did hear that uh, the um, BC Lions are selling way more than than they expected for their opening uh, game, and they're any reason up the upper upper bowl. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, like, like uh, why the influx? Is it is it pandemic related? Are people trying to get out or? Yeah, People maybe. Big fans. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, it's a it's a good excuse to go see. It's outdoor, outdoors. Yeah. You know, like well, go support the CFL because they were also of all the sports leagues, like the one that suffered the most, right? Because they don't have a great they don't have a great TV deal. Yeah, it's a gate driven league, and they had to cancel their entire twenty twenty season because um, of the pandemics and then they came yeah. back for an abbreviated season uh, last year so yeah i mean yeah it's a good product um i i am I'm, I'm you know when i when i said you know it's cfl's season kicks off tomorrow i meant that legitimately i am looking forward to it so <laughs> <laughs> who's who, who who are the argos playing in their opener they have a bye this week and then next week uh they open at home against uh, the montreal alouettes okay Mm-hmm. Go Argos. That's right. Double blue. And, and and just 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 remember Curtis to also keep uh Phil Collins studio near the fire extinguisher or near the emergency kit in case you need to grab it on the on the way to the apocalypse uh bunker. <laughs> yeah, I, I I now I have to do that. I have to I have 
I have to guard it as one of my most prized well, you, well, you don't want the alternative. You don't want that butterfly. Oh, God, no. <laughs> All right, folks, remember to, to store your emergency album in case you have to DJ in the apocalypse. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. Like while I'm working from home.